Hey everyone, Patrick Gray here. Here is part two of my interview with Brian Snow, where I ask him about quantum crypto. Here it is. Let's let's take a look now at uh, quantum cryptography because this has been uh, something, uh, or quantum computing, I should say, and its implications for cryptography because this has been something of great concern to you. And what I find very interesting is is occasionally in my job, uh, you know, I come across a topic which is kind of polarizing. And this has been a polarizing topic because I speak to you and you say, look, we've really got to work on quantum resistant uh, technologies because this is a major issue. Then I speak to someone like Peter Gutman, who is no uh, intellectual slouch, who is a very uh, well-respected cryptographer. And he says, um, you know, I think that's just, you know, a little bit silly. It's a little bit paranoid. There's been no major advancements in the last 10 years in quantum cryptography, and it's a pipe dream. So... How do you disagree with that? I mean, how is it that, you know, two of these guys who I know and respect so much can can disagree fundamentally about a topic like this? Well, it certainly won't be challenging Peter, but uh, I would say he simply needs to read more. And let me give some specific examples. Uh, quantum computing was at least a pipe dream. NSA sponsored research, and this was when I was tech director of research, and I helped get it in as one of our efforts. It was done unclassified. I have to look up my resume when I was tech director for research to give you the year span. I don't remember myself the years I held that position. <laughs> but we funded research into um, possible quantum entanglement, that sort of stuff, at the national labs. And we really expected to find out that it is a uh, hard problem Pardon me, we, we, really, we really expected to find out it's an impossible thing. You can't build one. But we just wanted to sponsor the research and get it done so we could just get that back thing off our backs mm. because something had come out called Shor's algorithm, which does do if – uh, if quantum computing is real, Shor's algorithm is a mathematical process that can be programmed into a quantum computer, and it crushes – most of the public key algorithms, RSA, elliptic curve, Diffie-Hellman, etc., everything that underlies the trust structure of the net, of the World Wide Web. So uh, we had to find out, is it real or not? Well, our final determination at the end of that research cycle, and we spent a few million dollars on it, was that uh, it is not necessarily an impossible problem. It's merely very difficult. And this was a long time back. And so I was aware of that, and I kept track of it just because I helped sponsor it while it was an agency task ongoing. And it really intrigued me talking with the guys who got into it deep. And I had enough math. I could follow them and mm, go into the mm. stuff with it as well. And it is intriguing to, to think of that being able to be done. And I'd like to ask uh, Gutman, if you would, just to go and read the New York Times on June 23rd, 2014, just recent. A week or a week plus, a little bit back, there's a nice article that Microsoft makes a bet on quantum computing is next breakthrough, and that's the headline. But it's not all about Microsoft. This article talks about current progress in quantum computing, and it's by John Markoff, and he's a good writer on technical stuff. And the key—I'm not going to go through all the details. I've talked with you before a little bit about quantum computing, but this is a lovely article that lays out many things I think are very key to understanding. Uh, one thing about quantum computing, if they do come to exist, the small-scale limited entanglements they've had, they've always realized that error correction is going to be a hell of a problem because on larger and larger data fields, it gets sloppier and sloppier, and you have to have more and more bits for error correction. And that's been sort of background felt, yeah, that's going to be a problem with quantum computing. You've got to have a lot of stuff entangled and working, and then it's going to get a little muddy. 
particular technology base that Microsoft is funding and chasing and small scale and working with tends to be very clean and does not have propagating error issues. In fact, it even helps tighten things up a little bit. And so it looks much, much cleaner. So it solves one of the major problems of anybody planning to build a quantum computer, and that's simply controlling errors. It doesn't make errors, or not very many. They don't multiply as you scale out, or that's the work so far in, in their particular technology base. So that's a major hurdle to get past, to make it real in some sense. And there have been entanglements done and measured and stuff, so we know you can get quantum entanglement. So we know the underlying concept of just quantum whatever works, mm. being able to have data smudged across a bunch of things, quivering and listening, and being I'm clowning with this, but you can snap your fingers and the solution gels. Mm. You don't have to go through multiple cycles of multiplying and adding and doing stuff. It's just everything is just sort of quivering. It says, tell me now, ping, and the answer falls out. So, so lovely. long story short, I mean, you seem to believe that the progress being there, made there is, four is things, substantial. There, there are four things, four things all quite different and all reinforcing, saying that quantum computers can come, they can be effective, they may cost less, and they'll be here faster. Okay. Mm. The one thing is Microsoft is investing. And uh, D-Wave is a company that's been out, and they're actually building quantum computers. Now, there's still a lot of articles going back and forth of it's not really a quantum computer because it cannot handle some problems because its architecture is pretty constrained to problems of a certain type. But in that type range, it appears to show quantum behavior, and I think they can show that and prove it. But it's not a general quantum computer that you can put any problem into that you like. Again, this technology base that Microsoft is pursuing is flexible enough to cope over many types of problems. It isn't restricted as much, so it can almost be a, quote, general purpose quantum computer, not a specialized computer only working certain part of areas. So it has much broader scope and impact. Okay, that's point number two. Uh, point number three, other things are going on in parallel with quantum computing. There's nanotechnology experiments going on of getting down to the atomic level. For instance, memory bits on a hard drive disk used to be just a huge clump of probably hundreds of atoms that would have a magnetic field imposed on them for one or a zero in a spot, and they'd move a little bit and have another clump of several hundred things that mm -hmm. were magnetized to hold a bit, and they keep getting smaller and smaller how many atoms they actually need to have clustered to hold a bit in just normal technology. But now with nanotechnology coming along in these nanomachines, they're getting down to where they can hold, and I'm going, this is oversimplified a little bit, but they can have three atoms in a mm. cluster. And that even gives you error correction because you're going to put the same pattern. You go, all three of you together stand for a bit, and you're going to all be ones, you're all going to be zeros. If you happen, when you get back to read them again, if one's off, majority rules, you take the other two, and you're like quite likely still okay. Mm. So it is error robust as well. If you can get down to that size in this new technology with the quantum stuff they're doing, the smaller you can get the quantum item that you're having to keep in a state, and the closer you can get them together for entanglement purposes, the better off you are. And if you can get down to just three atoms holding a bit in memory and, and without uh, messing up the others with them other than the entanglement state that you need, but you're not actually having to bleed over just a charge and, you know, cause errors… But this tends to correct errors, and it, it can be made reduced if you combine it with nanotechnology. Because nanotechnology, they're building machines now that can build devices one atom at a time. Mm. 
you're no longer plunking things out. You can just arrange your atoms, and they don't all have to be the same type of atom that you're lining up. You can get very complex carbon structures with a little tiny iron pill in the middle and other sorts of things. You can have very complex architectures developed with these nanofactories. Ralph Merkel uh, has invested heavily in this and has a web page. Just go look at Merkel.com. And it's on his webpage. He talks about nanotechnology as an uh, emerging technology that's very important, along with quantum computing and other things. So that's something else that's synergistically emerging at the same time as a great brick to build them with and mm-hmm. have it robust against errors as well in that particular art. And his article, he also mentions, I mentioned two things, the nanotechnology base, the uh, error correction capability, and more people are coming in. It was just D-Wave and other than that, universities. Mm-hmm. But now other companies are jumping on board to try to build their version. Microsoft is in. They're also uh, in there now uh, for, oh, in the past year. IBM, Northrop Grumman, Bolt Brannick, and Newman Technologies have all started quantum computing efforts, not just to study and develop the technology, but to build one, to actually build a quantum so computer think as a long-range goal. And so this is great. You have diverse contractors working with diverse technologies because these other four companies aren't trying to compete with Microsoft. And the te- they all have their own technology base, and they all differ. So you've got four horses running in a race, and which is the best and fastest horse mm. because the horses differ in a race, and the technology bases each of these guys are using to develop machines are different. So the fact that there are four and not just one or zero – and the, because the quantum computing, when agencies started finding, was nothing but research papers out of universities doing mathematics. Now we have people investing real, honest-to-God money, millions of dollars per company, trying to get there. That's got to be an accelerant because we did yeah. convince ourselves at NSA decades back that it's possible. It's so it just is, hard. It is time then, you believe, to start heavily investing in writing resistant algorithms. Yes. In fact, it's past time because I now believe, and Merkel also pushed this, uh, it is not a small probability. You can't put an ex- – it's not 100%, but it's a good-sized probability that within 10 years, you can have a functioning quantum computer at scale to be a threat to the Internet. Mm. Well, that's so, yeah. a uh... – now, now, having said that, can you get it fixed in 10 years? If you decide right now to start, how long does it take to get the net fixed by swapping out the current algorithm sets and swapping in new ones that are quantum computing resistant? Any idea how long that'll take? Yeah, probably more the than 10 time. years. But I tell you what, you, uh, you actually make those quantum computers uh, available and they'll do it very quickly. No. Things don't happen quickly on the net because it is not driven by a structured process where there is one guy in charge who can say, thou shalt go do. It's a bunch of cooperating but independent separate entities. There's something called the Border Gateway Control Protocol out there, which governs how you transfer packets back and forth on national boundaries to support things. It has a weakness that has been known for 10, 15 years plus. I don't know when it's first discovered, but you can do a, ma- a man-in-the-middle attack. All you have to do is reroute somebody's traffic. Oh, yeah, look, we, we, we know about the problems with BGP announcers. You know, they just get swallowed. This is how uh, an ISP in Pakistan managed to okay, black hole but, YouTube. Okay, but Border Gateway Protocol, yes, but it's a known problem. It hasn't been fixed mm. in any of the – not to my awareness. Uh, the last time I looked was about five years ago. I couldn't find anywhere where a single Border Gateway pro- Control Protocol engine, the computer holding that code and running across borders, had in fact been fixed. They simply haven't moved on it. And it's a very real problem. Mm. So don't tell me that once a problem is identified, even a severe one, that they will move quickly. 
Mm. It just doesn't happen because the body who actually owns the machine and is running it, it's not his data going through it. It's a service he's providing to others. He, it's no skin off his back. 